Hello, Mike Lombardo here. I wanted to take a moment and invite you to Awaken Dallas. My wife and I planted a church in the central northern Dallas area at the beginning of this year. We launched out on Resurrection Sunday. I wanted to invite you. We meet Sundays at 4 p.m., and our vision is to know Jesus deeply and to live for him passionately. First, we must know him, and that will empower great exploits. Our mission is to ignite a movement of spirit-filled disciples, disciples, that students of the King, that we would burn with first love passion and that we'd be equipped to spread the gospel to the world around us in love and power. Our four pillars are the presence of God, number one. That is everything to us. We prioritize his presence. We love him. We want to know him. We want to carry him to the world around us. It's his presence that distinguishes us from the nations of the world. Number two, that we would be equipped, that we need to be equipped for the work of service, for our callings. This is very important. The foundation of the word of God, of spiritual fathers and mothers, to be able to be sharpened by the word, healed by the word of God. So we need to be equipped for our callings. Number three, we are a church on mission together. We all have a sphere to influence. We all have a calling and a people group to influence for the gospel, to be a light, a city set on a hill. And as a church, we are fulfilling the great commission. And number four, we are a spiritual family. We all need a community. We all need to spur one another on towards good works and to meet together, to not neglect that, to have a spiritual community and family. And so if you want to come join us, it's Sundays at 4 p.m. We'd love to have you. You could also go to www.awakendallas.com, which will be in the description section. Hello, hello, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be here today. Ephesians 5.14 says this, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That was spoken to believers, not unbelievers. Our hearts need to be awakened to the beauty of Jesus, the power of his gospel, who we are in Christ so we could live that out in the earth. That is the heart of this podcast. And so if you've been listening for any length of time, we're, we're about to be hitting 250 episodes of Awakened Podcast now. And so if you've been listening, you know the heart behind the podcast. If you are new to Awaken Podcast. We have an episode releasing every Monday on charismapodcastnetwork.com. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to and tune in. You could also go to YouTube. And so most of the content is on YouTube. For a little while, we weren't recording video. And so a lot of it is on YouTube. So just look up Michael Lombardo or look up Awaken Podcast on YouTube and it will pop up. You can subscribe, like, review, that will really help us. Um, And so today I'm just gonna jump right in so we have as much time as possible for this conversation. Um, I have Michael Miller who is the uh, leader of Upper Room here on the podcast with with me today. Um, He wrote a book entitled His House, His Presence, Calling the Church to God's Original Design. And so I'm very excited to have him on the show. Welcome to the show. Hey, man, what an honor to finally see your face. I've heard your name for a long time. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. What's Lombardo? Is that uh, is that Italian? It is Italian. Yep. I grew up yeah. in New Jersey. So most people in New Jersey are Italian or Irish or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Lombardo, right. man. Absolutely. There's not many Italians out here in Dallas, Texas. I haven't run into no, Italian. It's not. <laughs> There's not. Well, but, uh, 
Yeah. I just wanted to thank you for your obedience. We're going to be talking about um, the presence of the Lord. We're going to be talking about what God has done in your life. Also, the story of Upper Room. And I just want to honor you for your obedience. I know that you would have it no other way besides living a life of devotion to the Lord. I know that's your heart. I know that's your life. Um, but like I was telling you before we jumped on to this, uh, to this podcast, uh, upper room has been a massive resting place for me personally, being in Dallas, being involved in business and ministry. I've just popped into upper room and the presence of the Lord is always so thick and so weighty in that sanctuary. And I've had several encounters with God, moments of refreshing words I've received from the Lord through people or just from the Lord directly that were really, um, pivotal, like right now words that I, that, that I needed to hear. And so, and several friends and family members of mine attend Upper Room, and um, we have a lot of mutual friends. And so, I just wanted to start off by thanking you for your uh, for your sacrifice, which isn't a sacrifice at all to you, I'm sure. When you love the Lord and you know Him, you'd rather live no other way. And so, Amen, Amen. Well, thank you. That's encouraging. It's always encouraging to hear how uh, that room has impacted lives. It's really a sacred place in our city, and um, you know, hundreds of volunteers are ministering to Jesus. Even now, uh, there's people in there doing it. So it's just been a fascinating storyline and what God has built and the grace to host him. So it's encouraging to hear how he has touched people's lives that uh, you don't even know. So that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, um, you know, the, the only reason why she's not at Upper Room anymore at the school, um, Power Kids, is because we just moved to Corinth. But if we were in Dallas, she'd still be there. But she was there for a year. My daughter is seven years old. And there were several times that we um, that I would walk into the house of prayer and I would see the children just worshiping in the morning. I know they would have their schoolwork and it was academic, yeah. but then they would have their times in the house of prayer. And I would just see my daughter waving flags, worshiping, yeah. coloring in the house of prayer. And then there was one time specifically, I don't know what was going on, but my wife went to pick up my daughter and all the kids were just laid out under the power of God. Come on. The Lord is just pouring out on the children. And so that year of my daughter at Upper Room was very marking for her. And so oh, that's that's special, too. Yeah, we. <laughs> We we titled uh it, it originally was Samuel School just okay. to raise up Samuels and those that would uh literally sleep near the presence of the Lord ministering to the Lord so it's been fun to see how uh our kids you know my kids specifically how this has become a lifestyle for them and um I could tell some fun stories about that but it it really is the presence of God transcends age and um. They they don't have a little Holy Spirit. They oh, have yeah. a big one. And come on, their sensitivity to Him. It's it's really powerful to see the dreams and words that come out of those times. So oh, that's cool. Absolutely. What's your daughter's name? Selah Gloria. Selah. All right, I have a Salem. So oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. What's your son's name? He's probably the same age as my daughter. I remember for a little while I would always see them together when I was at a yeah, room. Yeah, James. 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 James Freeland. So. Yeah. Uh, James Freeland, he's seven, and then I have a Truman who's five. Okay, okay. Right on. So, what's that? Right on. I love that. How many Super kids do you have? I have four. My oldest is Hannah. So Hannah, Salem, uh, Freeland, and Truman, James Freeland and Truman. So Come on, yeah. man. What a blessing. Hey, man. You yeah. know, yeah. And so, okay, great. I want to talk to you about your book, man. I got a copy of it. Your publicist reached out. I got a copy of your book. I've heard a little bit of the story of Upper Room just because of close friends that are involved in Upper Room, and I've come several times, and I've heard testimonials and glimpses and everything like that. But your book is called His House, His Presence, Calling the Church to God's Original Design. 
I read the first chapter and you really went into detail about the beginning days of Upper Room and how that started. And I was very encouraged by it. I would love um, to hear it from you and for you to share about that because I, you know, as I was reading through, you were saying how the Lord was really bringing you to a place of surrender, really stripping paradigms on church planning. You know, I think from the beginning, you had a little bit of a different idea of what it was going to be, but then just walking obediently with the Lord, he began to strip mindsets, strip paradigms from you and really just bring about moments of just his presence, just pouring out and really bringing leadership to, to, um, upper room. And it's really been, it's been his from the beginning. And so I'd love to, I'd love to hear the story about that. And I'm sure those listening would too. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you summed a lot of it up. I, <laughs> I, it, it was a really unconventional church plant. In fact, from the early days, we, we, uh, I'm, I'm sharing our history this weekend. Uh, we're, we're gearing up for, um, uh, uh, a big give at our church for a new new property that we're moving into. So I'm sharing some of our past, and I was looking back at some old emails when we launched uh, the initial activities in the upper room. And the upper room was uh, it was above a veterinarian clinic, and this vet had cleared out a back portion of his property that he called an upper room. It was just it was the description of the room, and it overlooked downtown Dallas. And he wanted to open it up for prayer and worship. It was in the homosexual district of uh, Dallas, uptown, kind of an artsy, uh, post-Christian neighborhood. And and that lined up with my history with the Lord a little bit. We had been traveling, uh, doing some prayer initiatives in cities. And so um, we were at a crossroads and thought, "Let's, let's give that a shot. And we only thought we would go for seven weeks. From Passover to Pentecost, and uh, and God showed up so tangibly in those first seven weeks, from relationships to there were some real miraculous things that took place, uh, from healings and deliverances that we felt like we should press through and go on uh, through the summer. And so that was 2010, and um, I was really waiting for the Lord to reassign me. I was like, Lord, I've okay, I love prayer, but this neighborhood is not ideal for planting a church. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, it, it wasn't my burden that, that demographic, mm-hmm. um, people were over the, the, the conversation around Jesus, mm-hmm. either they had heard about him or been hurt by him. And so, um, it was just a really, really rough neighborhood and hard ground to plant. And, uh, and that was a big part of the stripping that took place. Cause I was like, Lord, send me to the suburbs. Like, I know the suburbs. I I, I can pass through the suburbs. Like, yeah. I know the issues of the suburbs. I would live in the suburbs. But this demographic, I I just I haven't been praying for them. My heart's not broken over them. Mm-hmm. I know friends that would be qualified for this, but not me. And um, and really what I realized is he was burying me. Like, church planning, he, he oftentimes plants the planter, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and wow. so he... He really reframed uh, my idea of what ministry was and whose idea this was, who was I following? And um, and that's where a, a lot of the, the mission and vision of Upper Room was birthed in that in that type of soil. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember being at Christ for the Nations Institute and we would go to Oaklawn to preach the gospel. And we would go with a guitar and we would worship right there, you know, in the homosexual district where there's bars and clubs and transvestites walking around, all kinds of people walking around. And, uh, 
And I remember we would go out there and there would be individuals that were preaching hellfire and brimstone every single time. Just homosexuals are going to hell. It's an abomination. Just preaching in anger. Um, Not the good news, but um, just in a different spirit, just angry, just yelling and and talking down to them. And so every time we went out there, we would need to like be like, hey, we're not with them. Like, you know, hey, you know, God is love. And we're just out here having conversations with people, telling people how God set us free and all this different stuff. And it would take like 10 minutes to just break down the walls that were inside of their hearts that were just built up from growing up in, in church and maybe not being accepted or whatever, maybe their parents were, or who knows, but, um, I definitely know that that's, you know, that soil there, um, you know, is definitely tough, but, um, it's, yeah, beautiful. I, I lived a block from that intersection. So yeah, <laughs> we ended up moving down there and lived in that neighborhood for four years. And, yeah. um, they're extremely wounded, uh, by the church. Most of them have been. And, um, and so you, you, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was a common conversation we would have. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, well, they need to know their identity. Then they, they need to know they're loved by God, right? So the Lord is raising up individuals that carry the heart of God to share yeah. the good news of Jesus Christ, so that they, so that people like them know their identity in in Him. And so, but I love how you're going as I'm going through the chapter. You're talking about like some of the stripping away and all these different things that took place. Like when you say you're going to plant a church. Now there's all these different, you know, people start saying to you like, oh, yeah, well, what about your kids ministry? And what about this? And what about that? And everyone, people have an idea of what church is meant to be. And I know that's something that you're passionate about in terms of kind of hey, listen, we want houses of his presence. But you started sharing in that chapter how you guys were just meeting in that upper room. You began to meet in that upper room. And there's a lot of young people bringing their kids and how you were trying to navigate being led by the Holy Spirit even in that department of having a kids ministry or what do we do with the kids? Are they, they going to be with us? And I'd love to hear more deeply right. kind of about that process. Yeah. I think, I think as leaders, oftentimes there's a lot of demands to uh, answer people's questions. So if I'm the leader, I should know the answer to whatever question, whatever need is there. And in the early days in that stripping, um, you know, my sermons, I've, I've been in ministry 20, I think going on 25 years now, uh, and I, th- my sermons weren't working. A lot of the strategies I was employing weren't working. And, and a phrase that that's in that first chapter that the Lord spoke to me said, son, uh, what if I didn't first call you down here to minister to people? What if I first called you down here to minister to me? Mm. And that, that paradigm of ministry to the Lord, loving wow. the Lord really started to reframe for me what my mission was. Mm. And so hosting God's presence establishing a resting place for him mm. that be, began to be the uh the marker for success for us mm. and and so when i would attempt to in the early days uh, with, when families came man we need to do something with children's ministry and it was just so apparent there wasn't a grace for that um i tried to i tried to delegate it to my wife not a grace for it. You know, you try to delegate someone else. You could just tell like, man, the Lord is not addressing this right now. And, and it was just that one key that we hit for about two years. We really didn't change the subject. It was ministry to the Lord, hosting the Lord's presence. And until that set into a core group of people, um, it was as if the Lord wasn't addressing anything else. And I think he was, he was doing that for our sake. He was doing that to really put inside of us 
uh, the DNA that he was calling uh, that he had birthed inside of us. And um, I just think it would have morphed into something probably more more accustomed to my preferences or my desires or more my skill sets. But I really thank God for that stripping because it's solidified now what is so central to our community and it's this ministry of the Lord hosting his presence. So mm. um, children's ministry was an example of one of the things that was pretty messy on the front end, but the Lord wasn't really afraid of that mess. And eventually he brought the perfect children's pastor near us to us that, that just rocked it. So you, you said your daughter was a part of the school. So mm-hmm. all of that emerged eventually, but it, it just was being diligent, only addressing the uh, questions he was answering mm. that that became a, a a real filter for us. Oh man, that's beautiful. And there's a lot of different models out there. Like even just with Awaken Dallas for us, people began to ask us, well, Hey, what about this model? What about that model? What about this group or whatever that teaches people how to do things the right way? And I had a lot of pastor friends of mine that gave me some good advice and I took the meat and spit out the bones, but it was just kind of like, well, you got to tap into this. You got to look at this and just, I love how you said just, there was just no grace for it. You just feel in your spirit. It's like, that's not what we're meant to do right now. And so there's a lot of principles in the world. There's a lot of models that may have worked for other people. And I'm not judging anybody for what they're doing. Everyone's got their own walk and are meant to build God's kingdom in different facets and ways. But, um, you know, we've been on that journey as well. It's just been about the presence of God, loving him, being a lover, being a worshiper, And also something that's been heavy on my heart that the Lord's been speaking to me, something that my wife and I carry is identity, knowing our identity in Christ. And from that place of knowing our identity, living in his presence, then from there, we begin to equip the saints. We begin to do the work of the ministry. And so I've, I've noticed that too. There's been ideas that we've gotten are like, wow, I'd love to begin doing this. I'd love to begin doing that. But then you just kind of don't feel God on it. And over time, he's speaking different things like, okay, keep hammering identity, keep sharing the good news, the gospel, know who we are, because if we don't know who we are, then we're just gonna get busy with the stuff. If we're not abiding in his presence and being lovers first, then we're going to be burnt out workers. That's just, yeah. Yeah, yes, we have, yeah. a, yes, we have a passion to share the gospel with the world, but first we need to have, be passionate about he, I wouldn't want to obey the great commission if I didn't know the great commissioner, if I wasn't intimate with his heart really? and was being filled up with his presence every single day. And yeah. so <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. We had a phrase in those early days, what, what he births, he raises, sustains and grows, but what mm. we birth, we raise, sustain and grow. Mm. And, so true. Um, the you know, identifying what he's on and what he's doing, I think is critical in the early seasons of planting a church, I think. Um, but even still as, as, as now, you know, there's more fruit and more responsibility. It's still identifying, okay, what is he highlighting? What is he on? It's a constant question I'm asking. Mm, Yeah. I know that, um, I know that you guys, um, well, I would love to, okay, I know I know something that you guys talk about a lot, something I hear is talking about the leadership of the Lord. I know you guys, you guys are hosting his presence, you're abiding in his presence, but you guys always talk about the leadership of the Lord. And we've talked about it even a little bit. It's, it's come up, you know, it's sprinkled in this conversation already, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that as well, because you guys are submitted to the leadership of the Lord. Yes, we're leaders and we're made in his image, but what does that kind of look like for you guys at Upper Room? I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, this is, this is a, a, a deep conviction I have about, um, 
what leadership in the kingdom looks like. Leadership in the kingdom, it 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 has to look different than leadership in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my concern, you know, I, I listen to a lot of leadership podcasts, but uh, a lot of pastors specifically that are that are that are giving leadership principles that you know cross sectors. It's not just for pastors; maybe it's for business leaders. Um, but but they don't mention they don't mention Jesus. Mm. Like it has nothing to do with actually following Jesus. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with with influencing and leading men. Yeah. And and I just in the kingdom, I think leadership the the metric has to be following the king. Yeah. Like like it has to be understanding. Jesus told those disciples, "You, you follow me and I'll make you fishers of men." Mm. And and I think there's there's this subtle exchange where 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 we can actually be leading for Jesus but not intimate with him mm-hmm. not not connected to him and and specifically for young leaders like millennials gen z there's there's a bait or a carrot that we dangle in front of them that this is what this is what fruit looks like it's it's influence it's it's followers or clicks or um and and we can actually think that somehow we're bearing fruit through that influence. It's not, it's not that influence is wrong. It's just not the goal. Yeah. Our calling isn't to be influential. Our calling's to be faithful. That's good. And and yeah. so I think sometimes we can adopt these principles and in influencing leading men, but actually not be following the one oh, yeah. who's called. So I, I think it's a real fine line. Uh, but I think the presence of Jesus is uh, is crucial for us mm-hmm. in what we're building. If we are following the King, that that the things that we're building are actually marked by Him. So, oh yeah, it's a loaded topic for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. You know, I think at the end of the day, the Lord is raising up leaders that are pointing to Jesus, that are pointing to His leadership. We need to be submitted to His will. We need to be walking in the path that He's mapped out for us. We need to be dependent upon Him, not upon our models, not upon our giftings. We need to be absolutely 100% dependent on Him. We can't do anything apart from Him, John 15. And even just the Apostle Paul, he he wasn't teaching leadership principles, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with giving people some principles for leadership or building up leaders, but the Apostle Paul just said, be an imitator of me as I imitate yeah. Christ. And yeah. even, even Jesus, what he was doing is he was just spending time with his father. He was listening to his father. He was obeying his father, and his disciples saw that, and he and he did it among them, and he took them with him. And to the point where they began to say, like, teach us how to pray, like the way you pray. I see the way you pray. You go up into the hill country for nights in a row and you just spend time with your father and you come back glowing, healing the sick, like teach us how to pray. And it's not like you said, okay, everyone, let me teach you the seven principles of prayer. He literally just lived that life before them and pointed people to the father to the point where men and women had to say, Show us to do how how you, I want to do it the way you do it, you know. Right. And so right. that's that that and Jesus is the true leader. The Apostle Paul is a true leader, and they just said, just just follow me as I follow the Father. Follow me yeah. as I follow Christ. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's crucial. Um, and I, I do I feel there's a new breed of leaders that are emerging. Um, this this is a real transitional moment, I think, for the church mm. with 
Gen Z specifically, mm. you know, Gen Z is the largest demographic on the earth. 25% of the earth is Gen Z. Mm. And it is the first generation native to technology. It's the first generation. Um, uh, it, it, it's been discipled by, mm. by a smartphone. Sure. Um, yep. you, you, it, it really is a, uh, it's, it's, it's a generation where we're going to, we're going to see the impact upon gen z in the coming years we're already starting to see it culturally a little bit but i think it's only exponentially going to grow and so i think within gen z though are some real unique dynamic leaders Hmm. and um and i i think i think it is going to take a a a heart that's tethered to the leadership of jesus Hmm. um one that knows his voice one that knows how to say what he's saying, do what he's doing. One that's been cultivated in that secret place of prayer, um, mm. and 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 it's not it's not just to arrive somewhere. It it's once they get to that place, they're going to remain tethered. Mm. Um, and so I, I I love the study of David. It's a chapter in the book about David's leadership. But in First Chronicles thirteen verse three, it's David's coronation. It's kind of the 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 moment where Israel and Judah have said, "You're our guy. You're the anointed one. You're the king." And um, David gives his commencement speech, and the the gist of it is this: He says, "He says we're going to pursue the ark, for we forsook it in the days of Saul." Mm. In essence, what he's saying, he's saying, "Hey, we're we're I've been pursuing this personally. I've put this before all that I've done." And if you're going to follow me, you're going to follow the one that I've been following. Yes. Um, he could have rolled out a lot of agendas. The Philistines, there was issues there. That's, the nation needed to be unified because of the Saul David thing. There were so many things he could have addressed, but he said, we're going after this one thing because it's all that it, it's all that I've been going after. And it's the reason I'm actually your leader. So if you're going to follow me as your leader, you're going to follow the one that I've been following. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I think that God's raising up David's men after his own heart, uh, because our, our world, man, we need the active leadership of Jesus, undeniably Jesus's active leadership, not Jesus's leaders, but Jesus's active leadership upon his leaders. Mm -hmm. And I just think there's a, there's a, there's a distinct difference that I don't hear a lot of people talking about. Oh yeah, and you something you mentioned in your book is that many people in the church have just been settling for the omnipresence, knowing He's here, but how we need the manifest presence of God in our midst, and that's what our heart truly craves, and that's what we desire more than anything else is the person of Jesus, is experiencing His emotions, experiencing His heart as we minister to Him and keep His presence central in everything that we do. And I just, you know, even, you know, there's a lot of people that are bound in drug addiction, bound in perversions, bound in identity confusion, bound in um, so many different sins. And what they what they desire is not just a good program, but they, what they want is the presence of the Lord. That's what they were created for, the, mm-hmm. the experience of his presence, that walking with him in the cool of the day, that knowing their God, knowing their king, knowing love. And so I, I really, I love that because even talking about Gen Z, Gen Z doesn't want a church program. They just don't. They, they, they need an encounter and they want the real. They've seen leaders fall. They've seen, you know, um, they've seen just so much stuff and, and they're just, they just don't want the, the systems and the programs and the polished church. They, they want the supernatural power and the presence of God. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're they're looking for a cause. <laughs> and I don't know of a greater cause than 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 the gospel and yeah. to live for the glory of God. And um I'm 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 quite hopeful when I think of Gen Z and what's on the horizon in the church. Um, I, I am, I'm extremely encouraged just from what I've seen and, and, mm. uh, the transformation I think that's going to happen in the church as the, these guys emerge as leaders. Um, so yeah, it's, it's special and manifest presence of God. I, 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 uh, it, it's, it's Jesus. And I think our response to the presence of Jesus is our response to him and yes. just, a. uh, re restoring a value for the presence of God and mm -hmm. rightly responding to him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he says, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us that he's enthroned upon our praises. We have these prescriptions that, 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 the prescriptions biblically, mm -hmm. and, and they teach us how to host him, how to, to engage him. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, I think just upholding that and, and when he does show up, that we pay attention, we listen, we we as leaders can move with him. I think it it's it's modeled and and caught in environments when he shows up, and so that's that's been a real central part of our community. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah, a hundred percent. What would you you know just kind of in summing some of this stuff up? Um, you know, I know that there's uh, there's a I just had Dr. Michael Brown on my podcast not long ago oh, yeah. uh, talking about many leaving the faith and and the, and the results of deconstruction. I know you mentioned it briefly in your book as well. Um, and I know that even since 2020, with a lot of different ministries, worldwide ministries being exposed for several different things, whether it be scandals, whether it be money, different stuff like that. There's people that are, you know, kind of. um uh, disillusioned a bit from church and leaders and things like that. And then additionally, on the other side, not just congregants, not just believers that are a part of the church, but also just there's, there's churches and leaders and pastors that are just burnt out. They've just there. It's the hamster wheel of church and ministry. I've got so many friends that are in the ministry and I look at them, I see anxiety all over them. I know that they're just trying to keep up with the machine and, and all of this. What would you, what would you say to kind of, as we sum up this podcast, what would you say to church leaders and ministers right now that are kind of, you know, they've got good hearts. They know that there's more, they really do love Jesus, but you know, they're just in the system and they're, they're doing their best and they're serving God, but they're burnt out and they know that there's more, especially in a generation like this, where there's so many people leaving the church or just kind of hurt and they want the authentic. Yeah. Yeah. That, I know it's a big uh, question. Sorry. I hit you with the, the no. <laughs> unfortunately I, I do. I see the same thing. And I, I think as things get more complex, Michael, I, I, I have a, I have a conviction that it has to, it has to be simple. That yeah. mm -hmm. we've got to return to the simplicity and purity of devoting our hearts personally to Jesus. That we we got in this because we fell in love with a man. Mm -hmm. We fell in love with uh, the the beauty of of Jesus. And I think, I think we need to return to that fascination. Mm. Um, you know, David, I think of Psalms 27, four, it's, it's a famous scripture, but 
he was surrounded by uh, enemies that wanted to kill him, betrayed by his parents. It's in Psalms 27. It's just anything that can go wrong with David's life is going wrong. But he says this, he says, one thing I ask, this is what I seek, that I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, meditate in his temple. He, he, he put the beauty of the Lord. He put the presence of the Lord before his heart in the midst of all of that. And it was as if what he was saying is this one thing is the answer to all of these things. And I think as, as things get more complex, I have such compassion for pastors. I mean, the questions we're having to face there, even, even two years ago, four years ago, five years ago, it, it, it just, it's a whole new set of complexities mm-hmm. about gender and sexuality and mm-hmm. marriage and, mm-hmm. and the, these things aren't going away, but I, I feel like we have to maintain a simple and pure pursuit of this person. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, th- I think that cuts through it all. I think when they truly encounter a heart that's been beholding that beauty, been feasting at that table, when you when you stand in those environments to share what you've been eating and mm. who you've been beholding, I think it cuts through all that. And so I would just say return. Um, you know, maybe you need to fast. Maybe you need to just co- go into a season of consecration yeah. to to really set your heart apart again mm-hmm. in this pursuit again. But typically things have gotten uh complicated yeah. and and weighty and if you can just find that that pure devotion and mm. simple devotion of pursuing the person that got you into this yeah. oftentimes it takes you out of that funk mm-hmm. yeah if you if, if god because you know the, in romans it says that you know some have the gift of generosity others have the gift of prophecy and 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 leadership and then god called some to be apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers so if we're if we have that on our lives, you know, we we typically are pretty driven people, you know, we're we're leaders, you know, deep down. And so if it's not directed properly or if our sole pursuit is not the proper one, things could get things can get a little bit messy. I just as you were talking, I was just thinking to myself, like, man, if we can just just yield and surrender our ambition, our worldly ambition, even even the the positive ambitions that are out there that, that are lined up with the word of God. Like, I want to build his church. I want to build his people. I want to touch the nations. I want to do all of these things. And we can just not make that the central focus, but we could just like, man, just surrender those ambitions, not because he's going to take them away and we're not going to do those things, but like you said, Psalm 27, this is King David, who was the king of Israel, but he wanted God more than anything else. He he yeah. wanted to be in the beauty of his presence in his tabernacle. That was the purpose of his life. That is a purpose of our lives to know him. This is eternal life. And so I just, I'm like, man, God, may, may all of us in the church just lay down our ambitions, worldly ambitions, even godly ambitions. Yeah. So that we could take on the main thing that Mary of Bethany at the feet of the Lord Jesus, just that at his feet devotion, that that life laid down for him. And then may the Lord in that secret place download the proper things for us to do, you yeah. know, um, and so which is amazing. He does it. If we just lay down our hearts and our lives at his feet and dwell in his presence, abide in his presence, then he will put things yeah. in our hearts, dreams in our hearts on how we can make an impact for his gospel. It's just what he does. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. And he, 
he gets the glory. Yeah. You know, when, mm. when you look back at, at, when I look back at this journey and even this book, I, I, I know that, I know that I know that I didn't get myself to this place. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think there's something about that, about a, a confidence in, in, in hit our history with him and what he's led us to. Yeah. And, um, and that's why I, I, i just have that deep conviction about, about teaching people to tap into the leadership of Jesus and allowing him, allowing the grace of God to meet us. Um, Cause he's not looking for, he's not looking for the most gifted. He's, yeah. he's, mm-hmm. he's not, he's looking for the most yielded. Yeah. He, he, he delights in our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just think, don't think we always present that, uh, especially the young leaders Sure, the, the, they can be confident that he who called them is faithful and he'll do it. He'll raise them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would love to, I would love to end this in prayer and however, however you feel led Michael to pray. Um, I would just love to just give this to the Lord and maybe as you're led, pray for the church, pray for whatever, whatever the Lord just really stirs in your heart to kind of close this out today. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Michael. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my joy. Uh, well, Jesus, we enthrone you over this conversation and uh, Lord, upon every person listening, that you would be enthroned. And uh, Lord, faith comes by hearing and hearing your word. And I pray, Lord, Thank that, you, that uh, you would increase faith, Lord, through what has been spoken, especially for young leaders that are listening to this, Lord, that, um, that Lord Jesus, your your voice is their source, that your voice is their source, that you you who spoke light into darkness, Lord, you spoke the face of your son into their hearts. Yes. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that, uh, that that which you started, Lord, you will continue to grow and manifest in the form of calling and the form of uh, just grace that opens doors that only you can. And for those that are in seasons of waiting, Father, that they would they would wait, that Lord, like David in the sheepfold, Lord, that he knew he had been anointed, but Lord Jesus, you you led him and you led him faithfully, Lord, uh, through the process to the promise that you put before him. And for those that are in the process, Lord, we just declare your faithfulness over them. And that, Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, Lord Jesus, that you'll accomplish these things, that they don't have to flex their way. They don't have to force their way, but Lord, they can surrender their way into the destiny and purposes that you've called them to walk in. And so we just wash them of of performance. And even as Michael was talking about ambition, Lord, that, that Lord, our our pursuit would be your face and that influence would be birthed through intimacy with you, Jesus, that, that you are, you are sufficient to get us where we need to get to. And that unless you build this Lord, we labor in vain. And so it's for your glory, Lord, put your fingerprints upon our lives, put your fingerprints, Lord, upon this story. And for those again, that are in the hidden deep secret places, Father, of your heart, that they will learn to die. They will learn to surrender for it's where you do your best work. And, uh, and Lord, for, for such a time as this, there's a day and season ahead, Lord, that you're going to manifest them as sons and daughters for your purposes, but it's the process that leads us to those places. So I just pray great grace upon them. And uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you that you're strengthening the feeble, Lord, that your joy is our strength. Father, we pray for just an outpouring of your peace and love upon all that are listening in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.
And Lord, I just thank you for Upper Room Dallas. I thank you for granting them their new location. I thank you for providing um, finances already through your people and through your saints around the world. We just glorify you. We magnify you. We exalt you, King Jesus, over their circumstances, over their decisions, over this building. And I just thank you for bringing even more provision, exactly what they need, for putting it on the hearts of your people to invest in your work and your presence in the earth, transforming lives. And so, God, I just thank you for wisdom, that you would guide them with wisdom, that they would have discernment, discretion, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and that you would open doors that no man can close and close doors that no man could open in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. I'm excited for Upper Room Dallas, Upper Room Denver, and just what God's doing around the world through your ministry. And so I highly recommend for those who are watching or listening to this right now, get a hold of his house, his presence, calling the church to God's original design. Um, Especially if you're a church leader, especially if you're planning churches, especially if you are a pastor, um, because the Lord is raising up presence-centered churches, um, praying churches that um, our number one ambition is knowing Jesus and everything else comes from that place. And so thank you for modeling that um, so well for us, Michael, and for joining us in the podcast and reading this book and all you do. Yeah, what an honor. Thank you for having me, bro. I look forward to having coffee with you soon. Yeah, man, that'd be great. Thank you so much. For those who are watching and listening, um, thank you so much for tuning into Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review so we can get this out to more people so they can be blessed, they can be strengthened, they can be awakened by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless you, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, ex- have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you